to the latest in the Bova News podcast series. I'm Kim Bremer and I'll be your host today. Carbon crediting is a process that's been around for a few years and there are several businesses and producers who are taking advantage of this opportunity, but it's still a relatively unknown process that could have real benefits to many farmers. Today, we're gonna talk to someone who can help us better understand the carbon crediting process and how farmers can get involved. Corey Scott is our guest today. Corey is a livestock services lead with Truterra, which is a leading sustainability solutions provider, advancing and connecting sustainability efforts throughout the food system at scale, from farmers to ag retailers to value chain collaborators, including food and fiber companies. Truterra was launched in 2016 by Land Lakes. Welcome, Corey. Thanks, Kim. Thank you for having me. So to start with, can you give us an overview of Truterra? Sure. So as you stated, Truterra began in 2016. For Land Lakes, the Truterra business is part of a long-term strategy. Our goal with the Truterra business, including our carbon program, is to drive the long-term adoption of climate smart practices, provide the technology, advice, and services. Farmers need to be well positioned to participate in emerging carbon market opportunities. At Land Lakes, we work with our farmers to protect soil, water, and air, natural resources in a way that is economically viable. All the measures we're taking as a cooperative is with an eye towards profitability, for our farmer owners. We're using our scale as an opportunity and a responsibility to help farmers protect and restore their land and unlock its deeper value. All told, Truterra is currently advancing and accelerating stewardship with more than 1,900 farmers on 29,000 fields covering close to 2 million acres across 15 states in partnership with more than 40 ag retailers. This large-scale network allows us to bring together insights from the entire food supply chain spectrum to inform successful on-farm sustainability approaches. Now, I believe that I just saw this uh, in the news that was released this week, uh, that Truterra 2021 offerings were more than $4 million in cash payments up front to participating farmers. And looking at the big picture, the numbers, uh, they sequestered over 200 thousand metric tons of carbon. So just from a foundational standpoint, can you just explain this carbon credit process that gets us to those kind of numbers? How does this work? Absolutely. And we've learned a lot through that program. (laughs) A carbon credit is a generic form of any tradable certificate or permit representing the right to emit one ton of carbon dioxide or the equivalent amount of different greenhouse gases. Uh, You might think of methane um, as one of those greenhouse gases when, uh, as relates particular to livestock. Carbon credits and carbon markets are a component of national and international attempts to mitigate the growth and concentration of greenhouse gases. There's a few common themes that you see through all the carbon credit system or what we call the ecosystem credit markets. Chief among them is that they are all voluntary primarily incentive-based markets that connect buyers and sellers of ecosystem services credits. Typically, what we see is the farmers and ranchers are sellers. They get paid for using animal and land management techniques proven to meet certain ecosystem benefit criteria. You may be familiar with them. Um, There's some common practices that we talk about to sequester carbon. Those include cover crops, livestock grazing on those cover crops, Crop rotation, no-till, strip-till, anaerobic digesters, nutrient management plans, buffer strips, tree establishment, and, and, and 
all sorts of other practices. Typically, once enrolled, farmers and ranchers will be paid based on measured outcomes, either on a per acre basis or by asset generated. And when I say asset, typically we're thinking about carbon asset. Once an ecosystem asset is quantified and verified, it can be made available for purchase via the market. Credit buyers, typically like corporations, you've probably heard of some of the bigger, um, more splashier headlines out there of corporations looking for um, you know, credit partnerships with farmers and ranchers. Typically, those corporations are looking to meet sustainability goals and compliance standards, and they look to purchase those credits. There's many market developers that are still in the early stages, and they're looking to farmers and ranchers as partners. We know that farmers and ranchers are some of the best conservationists on the planet. Um, some companies are developing protocols for working agriculture lands that will go on to be reviewed and certified by third-party verifiers. That's a little bit of what we did here at Truterra as well. This is um, particularly important when we think about establishing widely accepted standards for agriculture ecosystem asset credits. There's a significant amount of research that's being done to quantify and verify the assets to ensure that they hold value for buyers. Much of that research and testing and refinement is being done in partnership with farmers and rancher partners in cropping systems across the U.S. Our estimates are that implementing climate smart practices can cost anywhere from $40 to $60 per acre. And you and I both know with farm margins being tight, that doesn't always feel realistic. These investments are significant and they require additional knowledge and skill sets to implement. So ultimately, in the carbon markets, any solutions that are explored really need to be sustainably economical and they, or they won't be durable as a solution for the long term. So can you give us an idea of the dollars that may be associated with some of the contracts for different practices? Sure. Um, you're seeing all, all sorts of dollars across the board here. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Truterra's offer, and, and there's many from competitors as well as nonprofit organizations that we're seeing. Um, you sometimes see anywhere from five to fifteen dollars an acre for carbon credit. Um, in Truterra's 2021 carbon offering, we designed it to be the most farmer favorable contract on the market um, that also generated high quality verified carbon assets. All told, you you mentioned this earlier, Truterra delivered an average payment per participating farmer of close to twenty thousand dollars with a handful of farmers receiving more than 100,000 for their carbon contracts. You're seeing all across the board, some of the uh, intensity of the verification and the certification of the credit is what goes into uh, the price that a producer might see on farm. There's also different methodologies. You may see that there could be a partner that's willing to pay for the change in implementation practice versus a pay for outcome or a credit on the backside. So typically when you're seeing those two variables, you'll see more standard pricing in the carbon credit outcome piece of it. The change, uh, the, the paying for implementation and um, change of practice really, really varies across the board. But you're seeing some of that with processors in particular that are working to incentivize their farmers and ranchers 
to making a practice change and helping alleviate some of that upfront cost. So can we talk a little bit about, I know one of the main concerns that producers have, or the big question that's being asked right now is, can we get any credit for adopting these climate smart practices if we have done it in the past? I mean, we have farmers obviously have been doing things like no-till for uh, several years, cover crops, uh, those type minimum tillage, low disturbance manure uh, applications. So is there is there anything available for producers who have already implemented these practices or is this market really just focused on capturing the change? Oh, that's a fantastic question. So with Truterra in particular, through both our 2021 and our 22 carbon offers, um, farmers can be compensated for carbon removed within the past five years. We support programs that allow for this benchmarking window rather than focusing only on the new future practices and how future carbon will be sequestered. Um, as farmers transition to carbon smart systems in anticipation of a market-based carbon dioxide removal payment, projects that allow farmers to be compensated for recent adoption will re result in the highest quality and most durable, truly additional carbon dioxide removal that can be purchased at scale from production agriculture. There's a couple of reasons why. Soil carbon sequestration requires specific management practices that are different on each farm. It takes time to get those practices right and to see true results in the fields, in the environment, and on the farmer's balance sheet in particular. Seeing these benefits grow and com compound over time creates an additional seeing as believing case for farmers to commit to keeping their carbon smart systems and thus the integrity of their credits in place for the long run. We want to give them the opportunity to make that practice change and have a little bit of a learning window and a learning cushion to ensure that it's right for their operation. This approach also helps to stabilize and moderate market prices as it focuses on farmers that fully understand and have fully committed to with a documented history of keeping these carbon smart practices in place for the long haul. Yeah, that's, that's excellent news that there is an opportunity that's in there. We've heard a lot about the dairy industry having this uh, voluntary commitment to becoming net zero um, by 2030. And does this process help our dairy producers get there? It does. Um, the earlier that you can start measuring and benchmarking the work that you're doing on farm, uh, it, the easier it is to validate these practices that we know our producers um, have been doing and have been these climate smart practices that they've been responsible for, for far longer than they're receiving credit for. Um, as we look at carbon markets and a little bit of what we talked about earlier, one of the most critical pieces is being able to validate those changes. And in the, in the day and age of, you know, an excess of data, uh, sometimes we lose the, the um, some of these fringe benefits of having so much data. We forget that we have been recording our practices for so long. And there's, there's gold mines in there. There's nuggets in there um, that will help verify that the, these climate smart practices have been in place for far longer than we typically are given credit for. So um, as I think about a dairy producer seat, I recommend taking the time. If you are working with a processor, as an example, that um, 
is maybe coming out and wanting to do some surveying on farm about your current practices, allow them to do that sooner rather than later. It gives you an earlier baseline um, in, in your practices to better illustrate the fantastic changes that you're making over the course of time. So if you have a benchmark to work from early and you're starting to think about these practices change, you have that benchmark to start from and you can really, really showcase the changes that you've made over the course of time and the impact that they have. Um, so really use that data. Don't be afraid to start benchmarking. It gives a really great case for these producers as they are considering how to take their operation to net zero themselves. Uh, the beautiful thing, I, I guess I'll say beautiful, one of the challenging and beautiful things in carbon markets is that the accounting is still being understood. We are still defining what those what the carbon accounting looks like. And um, having that producer centralized view and trying to drive a producer centralized uh, accounting system gives us the opportunity to allow a producer to keep the, I don't want to say credit because carbon credits and the credit I'm talking about is different, but it gives the opportunity for the producer to um, keep these practices that they've been doing and take the credit for those for that practice change and at the same time transact on that and maximize their economic viability. So it's it's kind of a twofold. The accounting is critical in that it measures and it gives our producers the credibility and the validation for the work that they've also that they've already done. Um, and at the same time, they can transact on those credits and maximize their financial opportunity with these practice changes that they've been making. How about contract lengths? This seems to be one of the things that can differentiate the different programs that are out there. What's the contract length for Truterra? Sure. So Truterra has um, two programs this year. So just to circle back, contract lengths are kind of all across the board. And depending on the type of project that you're doing, so if you're in a digester um, contract, as an example, you may see everything from 10 to 20 year contracts, which can feel like a lot. <laughs> um, with Truterra's contracts, what we're looking at, um, we have two different, two different programs. The first is the 2022 carbon program. Um, it's similar, similarly structured to our 2021 program. So if anyone participated, it'll feel familiar. Um, it focuses on generating carbon assets um, that have recently been adopted. So it focuses on farmers who recently adopted soil health management practices um, and store additional carbon in their soils. Basically, participating farmers may be eligible for a one-time upfront payment of $20 per ton of carbon based on uh, recently adopted changes. Um, eligible cropping systems for that program include corn, soybean, wheat, or cotton as part of the farmer's crop rotations. The second approach is new to 2022, and I get really excited about this one. It's designed as an on-ramp for farmers who are just getting started with climate smart practices and are exploring options and seeking support to adopt um, some different soil health systems. This one is a more forward-looking approach. 
um, and it's for farmers implementing climate smart practices for the first time and interested in potentially participating in carbon markets in the future. So there's no commitment to participate in the carbon market for this particular program. What Tratera has done is um, we're providing participating farmers that are eligible to receive a one-time payment of up to $2 per acre for enrolling in the carbon market access program. And then on the backside, if a practice is implemented and eligibility is um, confirmed, then that producer also has the opportunity for um, the $20 per ton of carbon payment that's offered in our first program. So a couple things. We have a look back program that goes back three years, but we also have a program new this year um, to encourage new producers to try some of these uh, climate smart practices. How about just a little bit of the logistics for producers interested in, in getting involved in the program? What kind of time commitment is there? Um, how complicated is the data sharing process? We all know that data is one of the critical pieces and who's going to have your data. We're always concerned about that. To participate, it's really simple on the front end. It's actually relatively simple through the whole course of it. Um, to participate, producers can go to truteraag.com and there is a 30 second, literally 30 second survey that they can take. And this survey really um, just, it's, I believe it's five questions long and it asks about your current practices or if you've made practices recently practice changes recently, focused on um, low-till, no-till, and cover crops primarily. So 30-second survey, from there you're, you um, are given a checkbox to say you're eligible to participate in the deeper um, eligibility survey, or maybe you're not eligible this year. Let's explore if you want to make changes in the future, and maybe you're eligible for our second program. From there, we do some data collection on verifying the acres. So we have um, some really great tools in partnership with our Winfield United business, um, some field acre reports where we will actually map your acres that are being where the practice change is being applied. This gives us the opportunity to measure the impact over the course of time. Um, when the practice change has been made, we go back and we validate all of that information. And then later in the fall, so fall of 2022, we verify any practices that were changed over the summer. And then the farmer will receive an offer, a carbon offer. And here's the cool thing about the program, Kim. They can opt in or out. So they'll receive their car carbon offer in the fall. And there's no obligation to take that offer. So they can have gone through the data collection and verification process. And if at the end of it, they don't care for their offer, they can walk away. They can explore a competitor set of offers if they choose, or they can opt in and they'll receive their, their paycheck for, the, for their um, carbon sequestration uh, in the fall of 2022. Excellent. Is there a size limit for the size of farm that can participate? Most of our listeners are primarily beef and dairy producers, but can you give us an idea? Is there any sort of size, optimal size to participate? No, that's also a beautiful thing about this program. And one of the reasons I love it, um, you so often hear, especially 
about farm size differences and, and access rights based on farm size. And the cool thing about the Tritera Carbon Programs is that you can participate at any size farm. So it's uh, kind of ready-made for anybody that has a cropping system, whether you have 50 cows or 10,000 cows on a site, um, you can qualify for this program provided you're doing climate smart practices. And then looking into the future, uh, are there any goals that have been set? I mean, as, as part of the Land O'Lakes Cooperative Network, you touch about 50% of all U.S. harvested, harvested acres, uh, and you obviously now have a year of benchmarking numbers of dollars that were allocated, acres that you touched. Uh, where do you see this going? We have plans to continue the carbon programs. Um, one of the things that I'm most excited about is that uh, recently, so Trutera historically had very much a soil carbon focus. And this year with the expansion of my role and some of my peers were expanding into the livestock realm. So what I'm most excited to see is in the future, you will see more uh, livestock enterprise friendly carbon programs available. Today, as you can tell, our our program is really oriented towards more of the row crop producer. There is opportunity for the livestock producer, especially if you're thinking about um, cover cropping to graze livestock on as an example. Um, but I am, ex I am excited to see us expand into a more livestock friendly, where we do include more of the nutrient management planning. I know that's in our immediate term plan as we look at 2023. So I think that'll be um, a really exciting evolution for our beef and dairy producers in particular. And lastly, Corey, for a producer who wants to get involved in this carbon credit program, what are the initial steps that they need to take? Sure. So any carbon program, first, I want to encourage everybody to really shop around and look at the programs that are available, Trutera or otherwise. Um, these carbon markets really provide a diversified revenue potential for farmers and ranchers. However, before any contracts are signed, they really should consult trusted advisors to determine if enrolling makes sense for them. So I'll just encourage that for producers across the board. For participation in the Trutera program, it's as simple as taking that 30-second survey on truteraag.com. Um, you know, I mentioned it earlier. If there isn't an immediate program that you're looking at enrolling in, I encourage you to start looking at your records and what you're taking um, down for data in regards to your crop rotations, any tillage practices that you might have, cover cropping, um, manure management. Um, if you're feeding any, you know, enteric feed supplements that might help reduce the methane emission from your animals. Make sure you have the records to support those practice change, even if it's just receipts or, um, you know, records from your agronomy center on planted acres, things like that. Just start thinking about what you feel like you might need to collect in order to verify these practice changes that you have likely been implementing for many years. Excellent.
Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us today, Corey. We appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting topic to continue to follow as it evolves and grows and offers more opportunities for our, our producers. This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. Be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer, and from everyone at Bova News, have a great day. Thank you.